Hello, welcome, and thanks for listening to the special podcast from the experts at Sanford Health. I'm your host, Simon Floss, with Sanford Health News. We're continuing our discussions on the COVID-19 pandemic and the COVID-19 vaccines. Today, we're specifically talking COVID and pregnancy. The expert to help answer our questions is Dr. Jessica Sedevi, a physician and obstetrician gynecologist at Sanford Health in Bismarck, North Dakota. Dr. Sedevi, thanks for taking the time and chatting with me today. Thanks for having me. Let's first discuss the vaccine as it pertains to pregnant women. Recently, health leaders have recommended the vaccine for women who are pregnant, breastfeeding, or looking to become pregnant. Why is this? So initially, when the vaccine came out, um, ACOG was very proactive, and ACOG is our professional organization. Um, They were proactive about saying that pregnant women should be able to receive the vaccine if they wanted to. And so since the vaccine was available, we've been Um, collecting data on pregnant women um, and the effects of COVID on pregnancies, as well as the safety and efficacy of the vaccine in the specific population um, of pregnant women and in lactating women. Um, At this point, we have data to suggest, first of all, that COVID is dangerous for pregnant women. And so if a pregnant woman gets COVID, she is more likely to need to be hospitalized on oxygen, intubated, admitted to the intensive care unit, on ECMO, or um, at risk of death compared to her same self not pregnant. Um, Pregnant women are also at increased risk for um, preterm delivery, um, stillbirth, and preeclampsia. Um, concurrently, while we were realizing how dangerous COVID is for pregnancy, we were getting safety and efficacy data about the vaccine. And so we have seen that we are, you know, we're not seeing any increased risk of um, miscarriage, stillbirth, um, small for gestational age, birth defects. Um, and so we have something that is safe and effective that we can use to prevent these bad outcomes for women. And so that that's why it's being recommended. Mm. Um, I've personally spoken to other providers at Sanford Health who have basically echoed your sentiment saying that pregnant women who become infected with COVID-19 are at a greater risk of miscarriage and birth defects. Uh, what have you personally been seeing? You know, I, I think that in general, um, we're seeing what feels like more of um, just bad outcomes in general. Um, what I what we tend to notice, um, you know, if you were to ask me what's what is the the biggest impact um, that I have seen COVID play on pregnancy, um, it's you know these patients who come in and are late second trimester, early third trimester, um, who end up getting admitted um, with COVID and end up needing delivery. Um, you know, I would say three times in the past couple of weeks, I've had patients who have delivered preterm um, infected with COVID, and then their infants have to go up to the NICU. And so then those moms, aren't able to go and see their baby for that period of time either. And so 
Um, you know, these are babies that are being born either preterm or sick. Um, and so if we have a normal term delivery, certainly we're trying to keep moms and babies together um, so that they don't have to, you know, go through one more thing because we, you know, we want to keep them together. Um, but at this point, um, we're seeing a lot more separation um, or moms who've had multiple um, vaginal deliveries whose babies are in distress and end up needing C-sections. Um, and so I think it really is impacting patients' pregnancies, their delivery timing, their delivery route, their birth experience. And I've had many of them say afterwards that they wish that they had received the vaccine. Um, a common misconception or concern that we've heard about the vaccine since it was rolled out nearly a year ago was that it can impact fertility. Can the vaccine have a negative impact or effect on fertility? So we have not seen decreased fertility related to the COVID vaccine. Um, the initial theory behind that um, was, you know, something that has since been explained by experts as being something that isn't actually um, seen in um, in women or, you know, um, like maybe the theory was okay, but we're not actually seeing that come to effect. Um, the interesting thing too, I think, is that this theory was projected, you know, about the same time that the vaccine came out and you need about a year of somebody trying before you say that they have infertility. That's the definition, right? Is a year of trying to conceive without conception. Um, so that wasn't even something that we could say then. Now the vaccine has been, um, you know, under um, the EUA since when I got my vaccine in um, December um, and some of the trials started before that. So we're closer, um, but we're not seeing rates of um, infertility that have increased related to the vaccine. Um, you know, the when you look at our professional organizations, so the American Society for Reproductive Medicine, American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, um, Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine, all are committed to healthcare for women um, and all recommend that women who are trying to get pregnant, who are pregnant, who are lactating, that they receive the vaccine. And, um, you know, I received the vaccine when I was 34 weeks pregnant. The first week it was available because I had been working in the hospital through the pandemic, through my pregnancy. And I signed up for every study I could find because those of us who are providing healthcare, who are part of these groups, we wanna make sure that we're getting the best information possible for women. So that you know, if there was a safety concern, if it was going to cause infertility or birth defects or pregnancy effects that we can figure that out and, and tell patients. So it's, you know, the, the people in these cohorts that we've been studying are, are people like me who really just want to provide um, good information to women. And at this point, we're not seeing those fertility concerns. Um, what about future pregnancy? Is there any correlation there? 
As far as if you, like if you're trying to get pregnant and concerns for if you get pregnant afterwards? Yeah, correct. So I actually have encouraged many of my patients who are trying to conceive um, to get the COVID vaccine. Because I think if you're hesitant when you're making this decision for one person, um, then you're even more hesitant when you are pregnant and making the decision for two. Um, so, you know, I've had, I've had several patients who've expressed that they wish they would have just gotten it before they were pregnant because now it feels like it's so much more weighted. Um, and so if I know somebody's trying to get pregnant, then I encourage them just to get it because, you know, my, really my only concern about getting the vaccine during pregnancy is if a patient runs a really high fever. Um, over 102. Usually this is something that we can manage. Um, but if you get your vaccine and have that protection before the pregnancy, then you have completely eliminated that concern altogether. Does the vaccine impact breastfeeding in any way? So we are recommending that lactating women receive the vaccine. Um, patients who are lactating will um, will give their baby IgA through their breast milk. Um, and so I, it impacts in the way that you are passing along some of that immunity to your breastfeeding infant. Um, I have really no, um, nothing to indicate that supply or breastfeeding success is in any way impacted. Um, and it certainly is something that's considered to be safe that mRNA never makes it through the breast milk, just those really amazing antibodies. So getting the vaccine is an individual's choice, and as you just said a few moments ago, for pregnant women, it's a choice for two people. What have you said to pregnant women or those who are trying to get pregnant when they ask about the COVID-19 vaccine? So I have been very open in most cases in sharing with my patients um, about my decisions um, regarding the vaccine and that I received it when I was 34 weeks pregnant, um, literally the first week that it was available. Um, I encourage them to ask specific questions if they have any hesitancies um, so that we can you know, get them information that is unbiased and um, science-driven and try to help them make that individual decision with respect for their autonomy. Um, but for my part, I would really love if all of my pregnant patients were immunized. Let's talk about now those who don't choose to get the vaccine. What serious illnesses are pregnant women putting themselves at risk of by not getting the COVID-19 vaccine? So um, I think the biggest thing that I've been seeing is just COVID pneumonia, shortness of breath, um, you know, persistent cough um, and need for oxygen. So I would say almost every day we have at least one person who is admitted um, needing oxygen in pregnancy. Um, pregnant patients or, you know, patients in general, um, but pregnant patients even more are at increased risk for blood clots. Um, so you're already at increased risk when you're pregnant um, and then adding COVID on top of that. Um, also, you know, if with more advanced or severe disease, um, you know, with respiratory failure needing to be intubated, um, potentially flipped over, so prone, um, uh, 
on ECMO in the ICU, um, those sort of situations. Also, um, death and then specific to the baby, um, increased risk of um, early delivery um, and then pregnancy-related preeclampsia. Um, you know, also, what I've been seeing with fetal heart rate tracings lately, um, I, you know, you can definitely see where if these women didn't come in um, and seek care, where I can think of three situations very recently where patients could have lost their babies um, and delivered by emergency C-section. And the really hard thing is then you have moms who are recovering from surgery who now their babies are up in the NICU and we have to keep them separated and, and that's just really hard too. Um, I think the other thing is that we have such great data for the vaccine that when moms get COVID, even if they're not initially um, severely ill, that can happen after several days. And so we've been recommending monoclonal antibody therapy to try to reduce their illness. Um, and uh, you know, that's something that is, you know, we've used monoclonals for a really long time in pregnancy for other indications with good outcomes. Um, but it's a relatively new therapy as far as COVID. Um, and so trying to you know, help navigate that decision-making um, is really a challenge and so something else that moms are having to face. And I probably stop clinic a couple times a day in order to address those concerns for moms too since it's a time-sensitive issue. Sure. Would you recommend universal masking around pregnant women regardless of vaccination status? You know, I do encourage my pregnant patients to um, to mask, um, and I, you know, obviously the the masking seems to work better if it's the infectious person who's masking, um, and so I think the more that we can, I, you know, I think it's a, a whole, um, it's the whole picture. So, social distancing, um, masking, um, and immunization in order to. Uh, get us to the other side of this um, pandemic or endemic, whatever we're calling it these days. Um, but I, um, I, I would recommend that the safest thing for pregnant women is, is for others to mask around them. Before we wrap up here, is there anything else that you'd like to say or anything important that you think people should know about? I just want patients to, I would encourage patients to discuss their specific concerns regarding the vaccine with their healthcare provider. Um, you know, I think more than ever, it's important to have somebody that you're in a partnership with who you trust to give you good information. And we want to, we want to be able to do that for you. So, um, if patients have specific concerns or questions um, while trying to decide about getting the vaccine, then I would encourage them to ask um, and you know really look into studies or um, information. I hand the ACOG um, practice bulletin out to all of my patients so that they can have all of this access to all the same information that I'm looking at. Um, but really getting reliable evidence-based sources um, to try to make those decisions. Well, Dr. Sedevi, thank you again so much for chatting with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. 
Before we say see you later, a couple housekeeping items. If you liked what we heard here today, give us a follow and a thumbs up. Sanford Health's podcasts are available on your favorite podcast apps like Apple and Spotify. You can also find these podcasts and all of your medical news on Sanford Health News' website, news.sanfordhealth.org. A reminder, if you have any questions or concerns about the COVID-19 vaccine, get your information from trusted sources, like your primary care provider, the CDC's website, or trusted publications like Sanford Health News. Thanks again for listening. I'm Simon Floss with Sanford Health News.